and welcome again, everybody, to the Undisputed Future Podcast, your home for WWE NXT discussion. I am CD Danny Mac. Once again, thank you for joining me. Unfortunately, not joining me this week is my co-host, Nikki Six. Nick is preparing for the SIWA Livewire event to take place the same day as NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3. It's August 19th. The bell time is 3 p.m. If you want more ticket information, please hit us up on the social media. But enough about that side stuff, guys. It's the road to NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3. And yes, I'm riding solo this week. Normally, Nick would be riding shotgun. But best of luck to him and his training. And let's get the discussion started. Ember Moon in action this week on her road to prove that she should be the next one to face and possibly defeat Asuka against Lady Tapa. Lady Tapa, a former TNA knockout, a former MMA competitor, and a background in American football. The lady is quite a sizable competitor. She is the one of the few women that can really take it to Ember Moon as far as size and power were concerned. But this didn't seem to stop the drive of Ember Moon. Ember Moon pulling out all the stops, including some new maneuvers in this match. A tornado DDT suplex looking thing. It was outrageous. It was a really, really good move. It was. It just shows how deep of an arsenal the Mythic Warrior has and how much she has been training and training and training to be the one to take on Asuka. She wants to be the one to defeat her, and she wants that women's championship, and it definitely showed tonight, taking on such a bigger opponent. Not many people have a power advantage over Ember Moon, and not many people have forced her to work around that. Asuka, I'd say, is the closest comparison, and Ember was able to work around that. She was able to use speed, cunning, and strategy to hit that eclipse and to get the 1-2-3. Before I go back and discuss the success of Ember Moon and what is expected in her future, I want to talk about Lady Tapas for a minute. I did a little bit of research. Nick tends to do a lot of the research, but I did a little bit of the research myself this week for Ember's opponent, and she impressed me. Her resume is pretty good. She's got TNA experience. She's got OVW experience. So she has WWE developmental system experience in her. So I think there's entire possibility we see her again. I don't believe she's one of the Mae Young Classic competitors, but she's got a lot of impressive stats and quite frankly could have deserved a spot in that tournament based on what I read. I think there's a place for her in the division. I think larger sized women are lacking in the NXT division. We have Nia Jax on Raw. We have Tamina on SmackDown. Really, the division that's lacking a big powerhouse figure in their women's division is NXT. Granted, there's not much room for that while you have Asuka as such a dominating champion. You can't make the champion look small, but I think now is a good time for a character like that to surge, for somebody of a more sizable frame to prove and to rise up as a threat in the NXT Women's Division. I think Lady Tapa can be that. I think she's big. I think she's strong. I think she made handling Ember Moon easy, which is not an easy feat to do. It's very, very difficult with somebody of Ember's caliber as a competitor, and she was believable as a real opponent for the number one contender to the NXT Women's Championship. That's right. Just as we've been predicting over here, if you've listened to us before, 
NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3. It has been made official by William Regal. Asuka will defend her NXT Women's Championship against Ember Moon. And a decisive victory by Ember Moon here tonight definitely showed why that match is deserved. And I can't wait, especially after hearing what Ember Moon had to say after her match against Lady Tapa. Ember Moon is not backing down. She is a brand new performer, especially after getting this injury and having to go sit on the sidelines for a while and having the unfinished business with the iconic duo. The iconic duo is in her hindsight. Peyton Royce and Billy Kay have been defeated. Ruby Riot has been defeated in a absolute barn burner of a match. And now Lady Tapa, a sizable opponent, has been defeated by Ember Moon. The only thing left is another face-off against the champion. In singles action, we are getting the NXT TakeOver Orlando rematch for the championship. Again, as we've been predicting and as we've been discussing hypothetically over here at the podcast for quite some time, I am so excited for it. I can't wait to see what happens with Ember Moon, but I don't think Asuka's reign is going anywhere. I still don't think anyone is ready for Asuka. Maybe somebody who can prove that she's the best out of 32 women from around the world can be a decent opponent for Asuka, but I don't think anyone in the current NXT roster is ready for Asuka, and that includes the mythical warrior, although she is the most credible opponent for Asuka right now. I will give credit where credit is due. Ember Moon is the most formidable opponent for Asuka at this time. It is going to be an absolutely fantastic match. Probably the highlight of the night. It's entirely possible. Rude versus McIntyre is good. But based on the rivalry and based on the history of these two women and how they're going to be all the more willing to one-up their last encounter in Orlando, I think women's action could steal the show in Brooklyn especially with the rivalry of this magnitude. Cannot wait to discuss it in the coming weeks. Asuka is returning to NXT television next week. That's right, a formidable opponent has been found for Asuka, so now she will return to TV and respond to Ember Moon's number one contendership being granted. What do you think the Empress of Tomorrow will have to say? Please tweet at me. Tell me what you think. Add podcast underscore UF. Let's discuss all things NXT. Let's discuss the Mae Young Classic. Let's talk about anything NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3 related. And let's talk about the big stars in NXT. One such star has got to be Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong sending out a powerful tweet earlier today against the champion Bobby Roode. Responding to Bobby Roode blowing a kiss to his fiance. It's simply put. Roddy is not done with Bobby Roode. Title or not, Roddy will get his hands on Bobby Roode. If you would like to help Roderick Strong get his redemption against the NXT champion, please help him get hashtag Roddy Breaks Roode trending on Twitter, on Instagram, on all forms of social media, and maybe we'll just get a rematch of that great NXT championship match from the 400th episode of NXT. I cannot wait to see what is in Roddy's future. I'm hoping to see him back on NXT TV soon. Maybe against the champion would be a great way to do it. Again, hashtag Roddy Breaks Rude. Get that trending or else. Or else what? I don't 
really know. Just help out Roderick Strong. He deserves it. Anyway, moving on. Sidetracked just a little bit. Uh, Aleister Black, while not appearing on NXT television as of late, got a series of different vignettes played tonight with some ominous words, but the overall message is allow yourself to fade to black, and quite frankly, I'm waiting to see what NXT superstar decides to get in Aleister Black's way. I think the man is due for a huge rivalry. I think he deserves it, and I cannot wait to see, with consistent booking, how well Aleister Black can shape to be a major player in the NXT universe. Unfortunately, not seeing him on television tonight, but we did get a two-part mini-series worth of promos tonight, very well delivered by Aleister Black. I honestly can't wait to see the guy and hear him with a live microphone in full sail to see how he delivers to a quote-unquote live crowd. One thing we do know in NXT is that there is some bad blood between the Authors of Pain and Sanity, and Sanity was out to prove that tonight, executing a plan, unfortunately at the expense of the Authors of Pain's opponents, David Ramos and Timothy Bumpers, each looking like, well, David Ramos looked like he got the patriotic gimmick that Patrick Clark once held in NXT in his early days post-Tough Enough, and Timothy Bumpers, what a last name, let me tell you, he, I'm sure he hears a lot of bowling jokes, but Timothy Bumpers looking like Odell Beckham Jr., granted, he looked more like a lineman than a wide receiver, but anyway, I didn't get much research on them, I'm gonna ask Nick about these guys after I know he's watched it, David and Timothy getting absolutely decimated by sanity, Killian Dane and Alexander Wolfe destroying these two as the Authors of Pain were making their way down to the ring and a executed plan, a plan that was led and started by a diversion by Nikki Cross on Paul Ellering and his monsters, opening up a small window of time for Alexander Wolfe and Killian Dane to absolutely destroy the Authors of Pain would-be opponents a huge German suplex by Alexander Wolfe, a vicious mauling by Killian Dane would send these two guys packing very early, but Paul Ellering not taking this attack without a response of his own. Paul Ellering pointing those titles and sending his monsters to the front and destroying Sanity and sending Sanity running after, granted, what was a hard-fought and for the most part even battle, but Paul Ellering and his guys having the last laugh against Sanity. You don't see that very often. Nobody has taken it to Sanity as far as strategy goes. Maybe that's the absence of Eric Young and the inclusion in Paul Ellering that the Authors of Pain were able to stage and establish a better attack tonight. It could be a variety of factors. It could be even be the slight fatigue that Killian Dane and Alexander Wolf could have had after destroying the first two guys. It could have been a variety of factors, but the tag team champions standing tall tonight, Paul Ellering leading his monsters in a vicious retaliation against Sanity's plan. Sanity not being outsmarted very often, I'll mention it again because it's just so shocking. A group that established themselves on verbal and physical attack and just absolute mental assaults through their presentation and their 
words to you and their warnings and just everything about sanity is just as much a psychological battle as it is a physical matchup. And getting the physical edge over sanity has got to be taking a mental toll on them, especially with the absence of Eric Young. But for all we know, Eric Young's absence could be all part of the plan. It could be a strange detour on the road to NXT Tag Team Championship Gold. I don't know what anybody in Sanity is thinking, and I'll never know, especially when it takes into account Championship Gold and huge opportunities in the NXT Tag Team Division. It looks like Alexander Wolfe and Killian Dane are going to be the duo to take on the Arthurs of Pain at Brooklyn. And that's fine. Again, it's I've mentioned it before. It's my favorite pairing of Sanity as a tag team. I like how Alexander Wolf and his size complement the larger Killian Dane. I don't know what it is about Alexander Wolf's wrestling or his moveset. I just think it adapts better to the tag team style than Eric Young's did. I know Eric Young as a big-time singles star in TNA. I'm not sure about his former tag team accomplishments. I would have to ask around. I would have to tune in with Nick. I'd have to exchange some information back and forth with other sources. Or I'd have to pull out my phone, but I'm not going to do that while I'm in the middle of this. But there's just so many questions I have about Sanity right now. What is going through their minds after a plan backfiring on them? Not something you see very often. Could it be a possible psychological rift in their mentality going after these NXT Tag Team Championships, or is it going to be the motivation they need to take a step back and regroup and establish a plan that can take it to a mastermind like Paul Ellering? I won't know. I can't wait to see where the future of the NXT Tag Team division goes, especially with these next two guys. The Street Profits getting a little bit more snap time on NXT television, and I dig it. I saw these guys live before. I've seen Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford at the NXT Asbury Park show take on the aforementioned Sanity, as a matter of fact. They didn't have their name established. It looked like the bare bones of a gimmick really coming together. I don't believe it's as much crime time light as Nick's assessment would have you believe last week, I think it's more being able to gloat and show your money on social media. I don't know how much of a rough, tough, stealing, bringing the hood to you, quote-unquote, mentality the Street Profits are going to have. I think it's more about showing off, being charismatic, having fun, and balling as much as you possibly can. I know it sounds weird coming from a skinny white guy with glasses, but the Street Profits are looking to make an impact on the NXT division, and they've got my attention through these series of videos. What are your thoughts on the Street Profits? Discuss with us as many forms of social media as you possibly can. I'll plug it all at the end of the show. But the Street Profits coming soon to NXT, but a man who is here and who is in the now is the Velveteen Dream. The Velveteen Dream taking on Cesar Banani is the next in-ring matchup I want to discuss. But I want to discuss Andrade Cien Almas before I get to the next in-ring action. I know there's a lot of development of rivalries here, guys. But the road to NXT TakeOver Brooklyn is four weeks long still. And there's a lot of questions that need to be set up. And there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. 
One question that was answered tonight is who is the woman with Andrade Cien Almas? I don't exactly know her relationship with him yet, but I can confirm through Moro and the NXT commentary team, her name is Zalena Vega, and she has been following around Andrade Cien Almas, seemingly bringing a competitive fire and a ferocity back into the man who likes to refer himself as a hundred. And she confronted No Way Jose in the NXT Arena parking lot, saying, and I quote, that he lit a fire underneath Cien that No Way Jose cannot dance around. Now, I think this is great for No Way Jose, as well as Andrade Cien Almas. I think it's great for No Way Jose, because he has a rivalry that he can take part in post-Sanity as a singles star. We haven't seen No Way Jose outside of this mini-faction that has formed with him, Cassius Ono, Roderick Strong, and Ty Dillinger, and Ruby Riot. So now we get more of a focus back onto Jose as a singles competitor and see how well he continues to stay over on his own. Andrade, finally getting the competitive fire lit underneath him once again, and who knows, maybe Brooklyn is where the takeover curse can be broken, maybe CN gets a big time matchup there, maybe this all comes to a head in August, I don't know, but all I know is that seeing the Dominican fire against the luchador style of Andrade CN Almas is a match I definitely have on my radar now, it's a rivalry I've been looking forward to and asking a lot of questions about even since just last week. So it's nice to get at least one answered question. Zalena Vega, the woman who has been accompanying Andrade Cien Almas, and she seems to be the one to spark the competitive fire back into Almas. No way Jose seems to be in his way. And Zalena is taking offense to that. We'll see what comes up in the next few weeks. But let's get back to the ring. Velveteen Dream takes on Brazil's own Cesar Banani. I'll talk about the Velveteen Dream ad nauseum. We've done it before. I want to talk back to Cesar. Cesar is coming in at such a great time in the NXT division, but he's still finding himself. And we've seen that over the past few weeks. We saw him work as a cheered babyface by defeating the aforementioned Andrade Cien Almas. We also saw him work as a heel a few times over the past few weeks, but Cesar coming out as a face against the Velveteen Dream, and I know everybody and their mother supposedly benefits from a heel turn. I think Cesar benefited from this face turn. I can also contribute to Velveteen Dream being such a good heel already in his infancy as a character, but Cesar being able to cheer a guy the size and stature and ability of Cesar is no chore at all. The guy is a Brazilian standout. He can attract a South American market if that's what they're going for next. As far as WWE network expansions go, I think Cesar has all the tools to be a literally big-time player in NXT. Having him face Velveteen Dream in a battle of guys who are just really tall, really strong, and really athletic was a great decision for NXT TV here tonight. Cesar, again, what a impressive showing in the ring. His boxing and Brazilian jiu-jitsu background 
definitely taking shape here. Cesar also whipping out some new maneuvers, a very nice combination in the corner. Check out the matchup, you'll know the exact spot I'm talking about. But enough about the greatness of the Brazilian. Velveteen Dream with another impressive victory on NXT. The man remains undefeated on television, but he remains speechless as far as interviews go. Caleb Braxton cannot seem to... Well, excuse the phrasing. Caleb Braxton cannot seem to satisfy this guy. The ambiance for the Velveteen Dreams interviews is just never right. It never suits his every little word. And not only is he, well, stuck up, but he's also disrespectful to the NXT universe. Kayla's not the problem. Apparently, it's all of Florida. Orlando, I don't know what it is about you, but Velveteen Dream can't stand you, and that's the reason why we haven't heard him say what his intentions are in NXT thus far. So either get yourself together, find a couple suits like Bobby Roode told you to dress up in, and give the Velveteen Dream a proper ambiance to deliver, because I need to know why he's here, I need to know what he's all about, and I need to know what's the future for such a talent like the Velveteen Dream. But to reiterate, Velveteen Dream, another impressive victory here tonight. The Purple Rainmaker, oh, I hear all you Okada fans already. The Purple Rainmaker, elbow drop, securing another victory for Patrick Clark, the Velveteen Dream. Excuse me, that's going to be a very difficult habit to break. I still think he should have kept both names, but that's neither here nor there. The Velveteen Dream, a success in ring on NXT television. We're just waiting to hear what his intentions are and what the proper ambiance is for him to get an interview. But one man who could not wait to get his hands on a mic and deliver a message to the NXT universe was the now number one contender, Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre getting some time to speak his mind to the NXT universe. His biggest emphasis was he is not looking back. His mind is only going forward. He reminisced with us about his time in the WWE main roster. He discussed with us the Chosen One nickname, Full Sail University, even being kind enough to chant it back at him. But that is not the Drew McIntyre that he wants us to know. The Drew McIntyre he wants us to know is the one that reinvented himself and became the hardest worker in the world and signed with NXT to be the champion, to be the face of this brand. And for Drew McIntyre to really pull all of that full circle for us in this promo, I thought it was a very big moment for him in his NXT career. I think it really solidifies and gives a great story going into this match because Drew McIntyre is taking on the We Are NXT namesake and slogan that so many of Bobby Roode's opponents have personified. And this has definitely been the most unique way to twist it. Hideo Itami literally speaking for the days of NXT old 2014-2015, days of Finn Balor, Sami Zayn fighting Kevin Owens, that entire era when it started to branch out as a third brand. Shinsuke Nakamura representing the last title reign and the arguably the biggest babyface in NXT at that time. But Drew McIntyre is standing for each and every one of us 
the hard-working folks of the NXT universe, and that's a very good message. I think that's one to definitely get him cheered and shift the crowd in his advantage in Brooklyn. NXT stars push each other. That's what he loves about this brand. He loves that the workers in WWE are fighting so hard to prove why they deserve to be there and why they are the talents of the caliber that they are and why all the hottest free agent signings in the world come to this brand. And he wants us to remember that we are NXT, not Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode getting the opportunity to counter this Next week, when the champion returns to the NXT arena, I cannot wait to hear what the glorious one has to say to the chosen one. A big-time war of words has come to a head this evening, though. Tonight, Hideo Itami took on Cassius Ono in a match that has seemingly been building for weeks. Ever since NXT TakeOver Chicago, Hideo Itami has adopted this different attitude this ferocity in him, this unsportsmanlike, to say the least, conduct against his opponents. We saw at the beginning of it against Oni Orkin when he hit not one, not two, but a decisive three GTSs on the tough man from Boston, Cassius Ono trying to make the save on Oni Orkin. At that time, Cassius now taking personal offense, taking action into getting this matchup, and it was a hard-hitting main event, as every single main event in 2017 has been so far. Unbelievable. This new era of NXT since TakeOver Orlando, since I've started this podcast, has made the main events plenty of fun to talk about. And this is a rivalry that I thought was going to be friendly and has just been turned up way up to 11 Cassius Ono and Hideo Itami knocking each other around with some huge strikes in this one. Hideo Itami matching the resiliency of Cassius Ono, but Cassius Ono able to match the mobility and the speed almost to a T with Hideo in this matchup. Cassius Ono is very quick for a big man. Hideo is one of the toughest competitors pound for pound in NXT. It's a great balance. It's a great rivalry. These guys obviously have some great in-ring chemistry and unbelievable strikes. That Cyclone boot coming out of the corner by Cassius Ono jumps to mind right away, only scoring a two count. There were plenty of near falls in this matchup, and just when you think the competitive edge was going to be brought to a brand new height, Hideo Itami with a cheap shot, a low blow on Cassius Ono, and that's just that's just the icing on the cake on this new side of Hideo Itami that we have just not seen before in his time in NXT. Yes, he was an accomplished champion in New Japan and all over the world, but he was not able to match that success in the time he has spent in NXT. And obviously this frustration of failure is getting to him, and he's taking it out on anybody who gets in his way, even if you're trying to be civil with him, like Cassius Ono has been. Even if you're trying to be a tag team partner, like Cassius Ono has been, Cassius Ono is not spared from this change of attitude in Hideo. And you never thought you'd see somebody with the competition spirit like Hideo Itami take a cheap shot and take a low blow to get out of a matchup. 
It's just not the Hideo Itami I know, and it's not the Hideo Itami I grew in NXT as a fan watching. This Hideo Itami definitely wouldn't do these next few actions, and what a vicious post-match attack here. Ladies and gentlemen, just a absolute vicious couple of GTSs sending Hideo's knee through Cassius Ono's jaw. Just a really tough couple of maneuvers to watch, and the toughest part didn't even take place in the ring. Hideo Itami dragged, that's right, Hideo Itami dragged the huge frame of Cassius Ono outside of the ring and delivered an over-the-shoulder fireman's carry face drop, and just, I don't even know how to describe it, I'm still shooken up by it. Cassius Ono's Face first onto the metal stairs on the outside and an unbelievable, vicious post-match attack. Not something I would expect from Hideo. I don't know how far I can drive that point home. This is not the Hideo Itami I knew as a fan. This is not the Hideo Itami I can cheer for in an NXT. I am disappointed by his actions. I thought this match was going to be friendly. I thought it was going to be competitive. And I thought after all was said and done... No matter which man stood tall with the victory, that there was going to be a handshake and something like this would have just been tossed aside and both men could move on with their singles careers. But no, I got this Hideo Tommy that I barely recognize and I really hope General Manager William Regal has a solution for this because Cassius Ono deserves a much better circumstance to settle this rivalry with than a cheap, underhanded post-match attack by somebody he considered a friend, and at worst, a friendly rival. I can't wait to see where this rivalry goes. It's definitely on an interesting track. But next week, there's a lot to look forward to, and I'm not going to undersell anything. Johnny Gargano returns to the ring. Johnny Gargano will be facing Cruiserweight Classic competitor, new NXT signee, Raul Mendoza, next week, and... These two guys, if it's anything like their respective showings in the Cruiserweight Classic, if they have any sort of chemistry with each other, like they had with their opponents, Tommaso Ciampa and Brian Kendrick, respectively, to Gargano and Mendoza, it's going to be one hell of a match next week. I can't wait to discuss that one. Raul Mendoza did have some words for next week, and uh, it was a pretty brief interview It was a very generic, oh, don't make next week all about the return of Johnny Gargano, make it about the rise of Raul Mendoza. And promos like that are promising, they're necessary when you're trying to build a heel in a injury returning storyline, and I think the most important part of this wasn't the words that were said, but Mendoza really looked the part as well, refined in a suit, hair done up. Uh, His teeth obviously got fixed. If you recall, he did have some braces in the Cruiserweight Classic Tournament. So Raul Mendoza piecing himself together as a competitor and as a character, I think can be very big for him. And I think a Johnny Gargano injury storyline is a great place to build some sort of reaction. We'll see what happens next week. Again, as discussed, Asuka will be returning to face her competitor, and Bobby Roode will be returning to face his competitor, Ember Moon and Drew McIntyre, each number one contenders for the Women's and NXT World Championships. 
What else we got? Uh, hopefully we'll get to see that Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch match sometime soon. I'd like it to be next week. Again, not a release date on that one. Didn't get one last week either, so I'm just waiting on the edge of my seat to see that rematch. Two hard workers going head-to-head once again. Uh, I'm going to assume the main event for next week is Gargano versus Mendoza. We'll see if we hear from Aleister Black after the series of vignettes that have aired. But otherwise, guys, I think that's about it for me. This has been episode 18, and thank you for joining me. If you're listening to me, sit here and talk to myself. Please tweet at me. Follow the podcast Twitter at podcast underscore UF. Follow the Instagram at Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word. There'll be plenty of pictures between now and NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3. There'll be some live feeds from the Instagram and the Twitter, as well as the Facebook. Please search for us on Facebook. I think Nick is going to do a small little special when he's watching NXT, which might be out by the time this episode gets put out. So if you want to check that out, check for us on the live feeds on there as well. Otherwise, this has been episode 18 of the Undisputed Future podcast. Thank you for joining me in this NXT discussion. Cannot wait to hear your guys' input. Please leave all of your comments on the SoundCloud tracks. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Tweet at me. Comment on the pictures. Do whatever you need to do to stay connected. I cannot wait for the NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3 discussion to really keep piling in. It's going to be an eventful four weeks, and I'm as excited as anybody for it. I am CD Danny Mac. Thank you for joining me, and I will talk to you at the next stop on the road to NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3.